In that day, to come, you will say. I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation, I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord Himself, is my strength and my defense, He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim His name, make known among the nations what He has done, and proclaim that His name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for He has done glorious things, let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. New International Version, The Bad News. The reason prophecies are made about better times ahead is because the times now are not so good. That was true of Isaiah's day, and still remains true today. It's easy to identify what's wrong in this world, especially during a political election cycle. It's not so easy to recognize the ways we keep ourselves as Christians in bad times. A big reason why, and I unabashedly state it, even though I say it much to my chagrin. Christianity in our day has mostly failed at spiritual transformation because we have not identified and named the real evils we face, thus leaving us largely irrelevant to a world desperately in need of Jesus Christ. Jesus, speaking to religious folk who should have known better, said. You have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy and faithfulness. You blind guides. You strain out a gnat but swallow a camel. Matthew 23 23-24, NIV. The tragedy of our age, which was the same tragedy of Isaiah's age, is that there are so many godless followers of God. They fuss about trifles while ignoring more serious matters. Many Christians' faith is not much more than conforming to cultural Christian norms while mostly ignoring the realities in front of their faces. We say we need God but then turn to Google for answers and solutions. We bemoan the lack of righteousness in the nation, then obnoxiously argue with others and create unnecessary relational wedges. We decry the injustice of our cities and our world, then do nothing to address the problems and change it. We talk about the need for others to change rather than first looking in the mirror. Yet, even when we do that, we walk away and forget what we look like. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household, and if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? 1 Peter 4:17, NIV. The Good News. However, judgment is not the last word. Even though the prophecy of Isaiah is thick with it, and I started out with less than uplifting words, there is one word that transcends every word, grace. The grace of God is remarkable. The Lord made promises to Israel in Isaiah's day not based upon what they would or would not do, God made promises to the people by God's own radical and scandalous grace. It wasn't a matter of playing let's make a deal, with God saying, if you get your act together, then I will be good to you. No, before Israel even had a chance to return to the Lord, God was already choosing to be merciful. I am absolutely convinced with the firmest conviction possible that the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments are all about God and God's own unbounded, unfettered, free, crazy, illogical, and wildly wonderful grace. Because God is love, the Lord constantly goes out of the way to be gracious so that we can live up to being the sort of people our dogs think we are already. If we miss the message of God's grace in the Holy Scriptures, we have missed salvation, because only grace can save us. Without grace, we are lost. Today's Old Testament lesson is full of praise because it's a response to the undeserved grace which God freely gives. If grace isn't the answer, we aren't asking the right question. Grace is love that seeks you out when you have nothing to give in return. Grace is wildly generous. Grace does not use carrot sticks, scorecards, or power politics. Grace never demands, it only gives. Grace is unconditional acceptance given to an undeserving person by an unobligated giver. 
That is what God did for Israel. And for us. And when we get a hold of this truth, even a little bit, our hearts become bubblers of praise. The Bible is an extended drama of redemption, and Isaiah's prophecy is an adventure of God's steadfast love toward unlovable people, which is why Isaiah is one of the most quoted books of the Old Testament by Jesus. Jesus came because of grace. Jesus came to release us from our obsessive need to be right, our compulsion to be rewarded, and our demands to be respected. Because Jesus came to set sinful captives free, life does not have to be a joyless effort of justifying and validating ourselves before others. The grace of God in Christ is a game-changer. And with but a glimpse of grace, we are forever undone by God's mercy. Grace leads us to praise God. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us. In love He predestined us. To the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. Ephesians 1 3-6, NIV. Grace causes us to trust God. If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8:31, NIV. Grace results in our comfort and satisfaction in God. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them. Nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne. Will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Revelation 7 16-17, NIV. Grace creates in U.S. thanksgiving to God. We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to Himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 4 14-15, NIV. The Lord has seen you at your worst, and still loves you. And if that isn't something that gets you expressing gratitude to God, then you have failed to see God in your dog. We make known among the nations what God has done because God has really done something in our lives worth babbling our thanksgiving over to everyone. And grace helps us to do it. Grace causes us to sing together to God. When grace takes hold of a congregation, there is no mumbling of songs, there are loud shouts and singing for joy because God is good. We need times of both silence and contemplative worship and times of becoming unhinged with some noisy worship to the God who has saved us and given us something to sing about. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. For He has done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm have gained Him the victory. Psalm 98 1, NKJV. Conclusion. The world mostly ignores God. Some Christians take God's grace for granted. The greatest sin of all is the sheer absence of grace, because where there is no grace, there is no God. God is the expert in transforming apathetic people into caring, compassionate, and concerned citizens of the kingdom who raise their voices and declare the works of the Lord. Isaiah's entire prophecy is about returning to the Lord. And the upcoming season of Advent is all about God's relentless pursuit of wayward people, the anticipation of grace coming in the form of an infant, and the bringing of grace to a people living in darkness. Let us, then, return to the Lord. Be captivated by grace. Renew our love for Jesus. Lose ourselves in praise and adoration of the One who gave everything for us. Let us worship Christ the King and proclaim the name of Jesus as exalted over everything and everyone. Gracious God, we come with nothing but ourselves and our baggage of sin. Forgive, cleanse, renew, revive, refresh, and reform us according to the ways of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your undeserved grace. We give you praise for the lengths you went to secure our forgiveness. With a joy too deep for words, we humbly offer to you our lives so that the name of Jesus will be exalted through us, to your glory and honor. Amen.